Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And um, wow, there's so much going on every week when we come on here. The news, the headlines, there's just always so much emerging. So what's what's in your consciousness today? What's in your um, awareness as you listen in on this conversation? Well, recent events have really stirred this fierce feminine power that's been dormant in many women. There's so much that I know there was another march in Washington, D.C. this past weekend, um, and this show is timeless. So we know there are multiple marches that have been happening in cities around our country. And wow, women all have this innate capacity for deep creative love and compassion. It's our asset, right? There's this innate capacity, but we're also feeling overwhelming grief, anger, and even rage. So how can we use these qualities and these times, like right now, to be a strong creative force for good in the world? How can we ignite women to participate in radical cultural change. We all know we need it, and many don't know how we're going to get there. So hopefully we can muse into this today and maybe even light a few fires. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce introduce one of our fan favorites, one of my favorites, Cheryl Lynn. And Cheryl Lynn assists clients to move to the next level in all areas of life, including health, business, life purpose, and relationships. As a master intuitive, spiritual guide, and medical intuitive healer, she reads the energy beneath your words, working deeply at a cellular level as a conduit. I'm bringing you back into alignment with the truth of who you really are and who doesn't want to be in alignment with the truth of who we really are. So I'm happy to bring Cheryl back for another conversation. These are important, important, important topics on our planet right now. And again, this conversation of women and this woman's power is it. So welcome back once again, Cheryl. Thank you, Julie. <clears throat> so, so good to be back again and talking about this important topic at this important time. Yeah. I, I'm i going to ask you my traditional first question here in a second, but I just, um, what just passed through my mind right now is just being aware of, of how many different posts on social media that when they're an important topic, people are beginning to really dialogue. And it used to be that people wouldn't stop and read a long blog post or a long social media post at all. And now I think 
really we're craving this conversation. I'm seeing people engage in some of the most lengthy, respectful conversations and sometimes not so respectful. We'll probably talk about that too. But anyway, so I'm really happy to have you back again, Cheryl. I think it's imperative that we keep this dialogue going. Um, If you've noticed, um, I'm really speaking to you, listeners and friends out there, if you've noticed, sometimes these big events happen and our our awareness is there and we're all fired up and then new news comes out, new events, new media, and we kind of bury some of these really important conversations and topics. So we're bringing it back once again. And Cheryl, with that, I'm going to ask you my traditional question. I've asked you many times, but I know it evolves. And so I'm curious what today would bring of what does all things connected mean to you? Well, um, so I was thinking about this question and um, because, you know, I've been on your show a few times, so I know that it would be asked. And I was thinking about how our connection has gone through the years. I mean, we've known each other for, you know, something like eight years, eight, nine years, something like that, right? And we met through social media, taking an online course. And then we both got invited to a women's event in Florida where we met in person. And it was like we had known each other forever across many lifetimes. And we immediately started knowing that we were going to be doing some work together, which then then the connection was about our planning this um, road trip that we did where we were filming women all over the country uh, doing amazing things. And we didn't quite know what we were going to be doing with the, <laughs> the, the film footage, but uh, turned out that it was really was about gathering women together and having conversations that move things forward. So then, um, you know, our connection shifted a little bit because we, we both had other paths that we were following and, but we always would tap in periodically and catch up. And, and then when this, this whole me too movement came and, uh, we both felt the call again to come back together. And it just amazes me how this thread of connection that we have through all this time and you know we we always love hanging out and talking and catching up but how there's kind of like seasons and even in relationships and our connections with others and just because we we might not talk to someone for a while or may not see them face to face does not mean that the connection is ever lost so i'm so grateful for our connection and especially when we get all fired up and uh, <laughs> and we get to collaborate on something so i'm excited for that mm. well thank you I am grateful for our connection, too, and I I love that explanation because I think that when we can kind of relax into that in our lives um, and just speak truth to the, the waxing and waning of relationships, too, because sometimes we think we have to hold them so tight, we don't want to lose them, and we know from this deep, deep level that that person is always there. And then just trusting in the patterns and the seasons, because for whatever reason, um, you know, we're brought back together. And, and so I am really grateful for that, too. And, you know, that 
literally, I can trust your judgment, your truth, your wisdom on these topics. It's so important to me to have a thought partner that that really can look at the deeper um, patterns that are happening and, and really speak a language that people can understand and hear and interpret. So, so here we are with one. Cheryl, I want to start by sharing a story. Cool. With our listeners, I shared it with you um, just a day ago. And um, I think it's a, a really important story to kind of set this conversation for the day. So I just went on a 60 hour, very quick road trip with my husband. We went halfway across the country and back for um, family reasons and um, got in the truck, drove um, 1,222 miles one way, was there for, wow, a little less than 24 hours, get back in the truck and another 1,000 1,222 miles back. So we had lots of time to talk. And it's funny because on the way down, I was writing on the way down. We hardly talked because I was busy typing and, and editing and working. And yet every once in a while, stop, he'd ask questions. We'd talk about things in life. But our conversation seemed so surface. It seems like we were talking for quite a while on, you know, a project we're working on at home, our kids, our granddaughter, you know, just life events. And every once in a while, I would look at the news and read some headlines and read out loud a story to him. And I really wanted to dig deep into the political conversation and he's never, ever really showed an interest in the political conversation, but he'll have conversations with me. But I, I was really craving it. And I would bring up topics or the, read a story and, and it would be like a few words and it would be, you know, the conversation we've done. So um, we're crossing the um, plains of Colorado after coming out of the mountains and another... Um, I looked at the headline and stories there and it was an important story and I said oh my gosh I've got to get my absentee ballot in because I'm going to be in Canada so I've got to get that done and he's like is it too late and we just had this brief conversation and I said something about the importance of voting right now and, and um, is he aware of how important it is for his vote and he literally said in this dejected way, he's driving along, says, you know, I he, he votes every year. <clears throat> he votes every two years, I should say. But every time there's a ballot, he's there. And he said, I, f I don't even feel like voting anymore. I don't feel like voting this year. You know how our vote went last time. And I don't even think it matters anymore. I mean, the whole system is so broken that one vote, does it even really matter? But here's the good part, Cheryl, <laughs> and listeners and friends. So what happened out of this conversation from all these surface, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to look at it, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to look at it. The door opened and all of a sudden, 
we had the most incredible conversation about what is happening on our planet, what is happening with government and politics, and literally, um, it was an opening for me. I felt really, really honored that he gave me this moment. Really, it was really cool. I said, Kevin, what do you think if women were leading the country? What would it be like if women were in leadership positions? And he paused for a second, and then he, he said, I think we would have a kinder world. I think we would have a world of compassion. And I think we would get along. I don't think we would have wars. I don't think we would be fighting. I don't think there would be violence. And then he said, and I think we would be nurturing our creative projects and our creative expression that we would be looking at each other's differences and really nurturing our ability to bring out all the positive. And I just sat there and I was like in disbelief. Now, I got to talk about how the systems are breaking down and how there's um, literally people around our planet working on solutions and that we have amazing people really coming up with new ways of governing, new ways of educating, new ways of treating um, illness. There's, there's so many amazing things happening. And I got to give him a few specific examples. One is my friend in, in Jerusalem working on a project. There's so many beautiful examples of these new emergent forms. So I got to talk about all that. But I was like in awe of his response of what would happen if women were leading. And after our conversation, when we were done, I said, oh, how do you feel now? And he said, I feel really hopeful. I'm really encouraged to hear that all of this is happening and it makes everything make more sense. It was kind of like understanding that these systems and structures, patriarchal, systems that were put into place with our immature humanity's consciousness in the day. We were just who we were at the time and built the best that we could. And now we've developed beyond that. We've grown beyond it. And so he got to see that. And I got to feel a very masculine man's opinion about women in leadership. And that was so cool. So I wanted to share that story, and I know it's really long, Cheryl, but I think it sets the tone for this conversation of right now is the time for us to ignite women into their leadership capacities. Right now is the time for us to step into the void and create balance and harmony. And it's not take back leadership so that we're throwing the guys out. We've had this conversation. It really is about meeting ourselves in this space where there is no othering and working side by side in this way. So um, with that, I'm just curious if you want to um, 
just reflect on maybe my story a little bit more, but the one thing that I loved from the story is how he described what our world would look like if women were leading and in charge. And I'm wondering if we can expand on that conversation. What are your thoughts? Well, it's, I loved that story when you told me, and I loved hearing it again, um, because I think what I realized when you told me the story was how communication breaks down and how we can, the one, the, those of us that are good at communicating and kind of assisting others in communication, how we can actually start those dialogues and nurture those conversations when someone is shut down. And I think that's an important, you know, when people say, well, what, what can I do? You know, I do, I'm just little old me. If you're good at, at, um, kind of seeing underneath someone's resistance or underneath beneath their apathy or, or beneath their anger and can actually see the, the piece of them that does want harmony and that does want for everyone to be getting along in a world that is peaceful and has peaceful resolutions and where people are able to be creative and use their creativity to come up with solutions for the mess that we've made. Um, I think if you have those strengths, that that is hugely needed right now. And, um, the other thing that came to mind, I had the privilege a couple weeks ago of, uh, previewing this documentary. It's called Power Struggle, and the filmmaker's name is Robbie Lepser. And right now it's very grassroots. I know that they had a Boston showing, and there it's, I think, I'm not sure where he's shown it so far. But it's a documentary about um, really a small band of concerned citizens who, who, were successful in closing Vermont Yankee power plant. They actually got it shut down. And, you know, it was, it was very, it was a very dangerous situation. And, you know, there was all sorts of um, issues about, um, you know, the reasons why they weren't just shutting it down. There's lots of cover-ups and the whole thing. But the thing I was struck most about the film was watching this group of women who were, I don't know how old they were, but they were definitely older women. And I'm sure that some of them, some people would look at them and say, ah, it's just a bunch of old hippies, because that's what they kind of looked like. And they did things like that we've seen in the news where, you know, they tied themselves to or chained themselves to a fence and, you know, did um, that kind of resistance. And, but that, the energy of that small group of women actually was the thing that got it got the engine moving in the direction of having it shut down and i thought about how many times i personally have felt discouraged or like confused about my own role like what well, what is mine to do in assisting us here on the planet and sometimes it can feel overwhelming we think we've got to do all these different things and because there's so much to be done, but it's really just whatever is in our lane. Like if we focus on that, like these women did, then just doing that one thing makes a huge difference. And I don't think we realize that. And that's kind of the approach I've taken when I've spoken to people 
you know, like your husband who are kind of like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I know I should vote and, you know, I always intend to, but then I never make it. <laughs> Does it really matter anyway? Um, or I have, you know, so, somewhat a close family member who just absolutely refuses to participate. Like, I don't believe in the system, so I'm just not participating. But I think your non-participation is, <laughs> it actually is participating because then that's a decision too. So those, those are some of the thoughts I had from um, your story. I think that there's, um, there's a lot we can do to open up those channels, those conversations to bring deeper understanding of what's going on beneath the surface. Mm. I appreciate this, the connection with the communication, because I, I agree with you. I think that's a really important piece of, of this conversation too. And um, I, I want to dig deeper into um, what we can do, because when I was listening to you, I also um, kind of saw this, this structure of how do we hold the whole? So when we go down far right or far left, we we start participating in the divisiveness or the otherness, the othering that some people are saying now. And so it's like, how do we hold all of it with this equanimity and yet stay laser beam focused on what's ours to do? Just like you said, if if it's there's a power plant and it's causing danger and health problems in my neighborhood. I need to do something about it. That's mine to do. How do I stay laser beam fo focused on it without participating in the divisiveness of a broken system that's polarized? And um, I'm going to agree with you. It's, it's for so long, our consciousness has been, well, the vote doesn't matter anyway, that we've created this now. Like, our consciousness created the situation that we're in, and now is our opportunity to step forward. So I'm going to break here because we have to take a break, but I really want us, we're going to go deeper into literally what women can do. I think we have a really simple prescription for you too to take away from this conversation today of something that will be really helpful for you and then muse deeper into maybe inspiring you of what is it now to step into women's leadership we're here with cheryl lynn and i am dr julie this is the dr julie show all things connected we'll be right back Meditation channel, nonstop meditation music, 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation channel is interruption free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation channel. Wildfires burn millions of acres across the country each year. And each year, wildland firefighters battle to contain them. But they can't do it alone. 
For some communities, it's not a question of if wildfires strike, but when. And a single ember can travel more than one mile. As it twists and turns and floats through the air, that single ember can find its way to where you live and can ignite and destroy your home or your community. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. You can't control where the ember will land, but you can control what happens when it does. You can take action now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. Prepare, protect, prevail. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, in math, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. Trash. And in gym, in biology, I learned that I'm pathetic that I'm fat and a joke. And stupid. In history, today in I learned that I'm trash. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In biology, in English, I learned that I make I people that sick. And, stupid. And, in gym, and at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I, I smell. I'm a loser. And in, in chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology, me. Chemistry, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. In English, and in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today. The only thing I didn't learn today. The only thing I didn't learn is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Getting your child home safely. Tap your heels together three times. It's just a click away. There's no place like home. But making sure your child is in the right seat is just one of the steps down the road to safer travels. I don't know how it works. Find the right seat for your little one's age and size. There's no better way to get home safely. Know for sure that your child is in the right seat. How can I ever thank you enough? Get all the facts at safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Radio to inspire, encourage, and empower you. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you are inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I always love to hear from you and your feedback. And um, and thank you. This week I had um, several people suggest guests for the show. They got all fired up about our last show and, and got so excited and wanted to um, participate. So I always appreciate that feedback and those comments and, and your input. Today I'm here with Cheryl Lynn, medical intuitive, just uh, master of everything, really, master intuitive, spiritual guide, Cheryl Lynn. You can find out more about her and her services at CherylLynn.com. And that has two R's and then two L's, CherylLynn.com. Com. And Cheryl, right before the break, I said we had a couple simple little tools that we could share with the, the listeners. And before we do, I just want to um, kind of underline and emphasize that now is our time 
for women to step forward, that this is an important time for all of us on the planet. And one of the things I said to my husband was, I said, so if women were in leadership positions and there was shared leadership, more harmonious, balanced leadership, but how do you feel if women are leading by tapping into their intuition? How does that make you feel? And it was interesting. I didn't get the shutdown of the rational brain. Like, you know, usually it's like, well, you, you know, you got to have the, the linear, logical, rational thinking, you know, to go. And it was kind of like the conversation went with my husband saying, you know what? Look what's got us into this mess right now. Look what kind of thinking has got us here. Look what kind of leadership's got us here. And what's wrong with trusting intuition more and trusting that innate knowing? And so you and I have had lots of conversations about that, Cheryl. How do you feel about women in leadership and some of our innate abilities. There's lots of programs out there. There's lots of leadership training and there's lots of feminine um, leadership programs, women's leadership, but we really are talking about now is our invitation and our calling to step forward and really tap into some of this innate wisdom that we have within. Well, it's so funny. Of course, I was thinking these very thoughts as we were having our break. So I started <laughs> laughing as soon as we were talking. Because I, I, um, a, while, a little while ago, I was listening to this uh, very passionate political pundit, and she's got this whole movement, very, uh, very action oriented, actually very masculine energy, even though it's a women's it's it's got um, women leading it and women, you know, participating in it. And, um, you know, I would listen to her periodically and feel somewhat inspired, but then also like feeling like it's not the energy was not me. You know, I'm not I don't tend to be a yeah, rah, rah, we got to march and all of that. You know, I leave that to the people who are really good at that and that that's their wheelhouse. But she ended up writing this this um, article or something that I ran across where she talked about into women's intuition, not just intuition, but I think she even went a little farther and was talking about, um, you know, using like psychic, uh, psychic abilities and psychic, psychic powers and that she was finally coming out of the closet and saying that she went to a psychic for advice or something like that. And I thought in, in her call to action was, you know, we've got to stop hiding this part of ourselves, this intuitive part of ourselves as women, because it is a great, um, part of our power. And it's not just women's power. I think that, um, you know, it's nurtured more for women, but men have it, have this innate ability as well to tap into our intuition, but we've become so cerebral and we have to have proof and sci you know, the, the scientific model is, you know, you can't say anything is a truth unless you have the science to back it up. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that there is, this is where the balance comes in, where we have to acknowledge that 
our intuition, even when we're not acknowledging it, it's at play all the time telling us, you know, oh, maybe I better not uh, better not um, go that way because, uh, you know, there's I heard that there, you know, might be a, um, a you know, on the way home from work, there there might be an accident there or something. And you just kind of have this feeling, even though you don't know for sure. And then you find out that there was or you call someone up and they're like, I was just thinking of you. It's like we do it all the time. And there have been those instances that we hear about where people in power have used their intuition or intuitive resources. You know, President Reagan had an astrologer that that he would consult. And I'm sure that there are others that don't talk about it that use, um, you know, intuitive resources, we'll say that, or resources that are not all, all about proof and scientific evidence. So I think this is a big part of it that, that us owning it and valuing it for ourselves and not backing down when we have an intuitive sense about something where we, we know, but we're afraid to say, because it sounds crazy. We've been told that our intuition isn't valuable, that we need proof in order to, in order to be credible. And at this time, our intuition is the thing that is going to assist us to shift things. You know, as you were talking about, about, you know, what is, what is it to step into women's leadership? I think trusting our intuition, you know, women as leaders, trusting our intuition and also for all of us, male and female, it doesn't matter where we actually stop and get quiet enough to ask, is this true? Is this thing that I'm fighting for or fighting against or putting all this energy towards or, you know, getting so upset about, is it even a truth or is, am I getting stirred up because of the environment that I'm in, the, the media or the conversations that people are having and I'm getting stirred up because of that? Or is this actually a truth? Hmm. Well, thank you. I just want to reflect on a, a couple things from and pull the thread of where, where you what you just said. Trusting our intuition is a really good imperative. You know, we're asking women now: trust your intuition. Come out of the closet, bring it to the table. And here, I just had this conversation with a really rational, logical guy saying, lead with it, go, go for it. So balancing the right brain and the left brain is part of our call right now. We are to balance the left brain, the right brain, the logical, rational with the creative, intuitive. We're also to really balance the head and the heart right? So leading with our heart on our sleeve isn't a bad thing anymore. Does it, It's not a weakness. Having emotions, being an empath, that's not a weakness. We need it on the planet. And so, you know, we've been taught that that's not leadership, that, you know, you're too weak, you're too vulnerable, you're too whatever. But when I listen to you, I, I just really hear that. I think it's a really important piece to pull through. <clears throat> and here's the other thing. With trusting our intuition, I'd love to hear you expand on this. But when it comes to 
us using intuition in leadership right now on the planet, it really is about acknowledging that there is this universal designing intelligence at work here on our planet in the universe that's here to shift things, to grow, to repair, to move forward, to evolve. It's mostly about our evolution on our planet right now, right? This impulse of creation, this impulse of evolution is moving. And our intuition is really about tapping into that innate designing intelligence, the same intelligence that created us knows how to heal us as a collective on the planet. The same intelligence that breathes life into us knows what the earth needs to heal herself. So really our intuition now is about tapping into this deeper innate wisdom that's always there right here, right now. Can you expand on that? Sure. It's one of my favorite topics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, as you were speaking, one of the things about, you know, being an intuitive and the way it comes through me is that um, I actually see things as if it's a matrix of sorts. So I get shown in my higher self, my higher wisdom that comes through me. I get shown the bigger picture of things. That's one of the abilities that I, that I've kind of nurtured over the years, and that has come, you know, more and more uh, to the forefront of how I work. And um, when I look at what's happening, and have been shown this for quite a few years, where I saw that we were going to go through a period of things breaking down. You know, I'm not the only one. There are other intuitives, including yourself, that have kind of seen that we we needed to go through a period of dismantling the old so that something new can be created. But it's from this grand perspective, when I look at the matrix that the earth that is around the earth that that runs through everything, there is an energy to it that is shifting and changing all the time. And when we tap into it, you know, something I do with clients or when I work with groups or audiences and that kind of thing is when we actually tap into it, then we, we don't just from our minds see our part in the whole, we actually feel it in our being. We can feel what our piece is, how we contribute to the energetic shifting that the planet's going through. How, because every single per, person is a part of it. Like we're all part of that which created us. And, you know, the way that I see it is that we're, we are creator beings. And so we have that creative spark within us as well as living in kind of the creative soup of the universe. So I know this, this sounds a little maybe to some a little a little more out there but this is the this is the field that we tap into that we can tap into where our power lies where when we get those little intuitive hits we can nurture that and open more and say show me more show me show me where i can plug in to 
my piece of the matrix to help nurture this along, whether it's, you know, um, doing something more active out, out there politically, or if it's something, you know, closer to home, but it allows you to actually feel what it is that your path is. Mm. So what would you say to a friend out there listening right now who, who says, how do I, how do I really learn how to do that? How do I really harness this ability? What can they do? Well, I think one of the things is to acknowledge, like if, if when you were listening to me right, right just now, if you felt some little spark in you, like, oh, that sounds cool. Oh, I wish I could do that. Or there, it, it kind of, you can feel yourself saying, hmm, what, what is that? That, just that acknowledgement alone starts it opening up. So just in this conversation, contained within my words as we're speaking, is actually an activation of that opening within you that there is something beyond just what your mind thinks or what you've been told. And you can very simply, in whatever way, it, it's, it's not like a religious prayer kind of thing, but just acknowledging that there's something beyond yourself, whether you call it God, spirit, universe, um, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, when you acknowledge that there is, you know, something bigger at play here, and then you just ask to open more, to know more, to be a receptor to to higher levels of consciousness, that begins the process, just that curiosity and asking the questions. And one of the, one of the best things to do is just show me, show me, show me my peace, show me how I can tap in more deeply, show me how things really are, because right now all I can see is a world in chaos show me the bigger picture of that. Why would we need to go through a period of chaos in order to move into more harmony? It, in some ways, to our human minds, that doesn't make sense. It's like, why can't we just move into harmony? It's like, well, there's a process. There's a process even in nature right now here in the Northeast, you know, as the leaves are starting to, you know, turn and some of them are, they're at all different stages and some of them are green and some of them are you know, are already shriveled up and fallen off the tree and some are, you have beautiful reds and there's all, it's all there. And when we kind of acknowledge that there's this process that's happening with or without our putting our attention on it, then when we start noticing it, then we consciously go into the process of what's already happening. Mm. Just bringing in nature is another reminder for us in the new feminine models of leadership of really that deep connection with nature and the earth and really, really working as one with nature and 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 the seasons and cycles and those patterns are another important reminder of of that that really there's so much wisdom that comes right there through nature thanks for that that's that's brilliant so um i had mentioned that we had a, a quick little um prescription for people that would really be helpful and you and i were talking the other day and <clears throat> 
you posted something that I didn't know you posted. And I said, Cheryl, we need this three thing. One, two, three, boom, boom, boom. And I brought up stop, drop, and roll. And you started laughing because you literally, again, were so in tuned, this connection between us. But you had posted something very similar. But I saw this. The campaign, the old campaign, when you, there's a house fire, stop, drop, and roll. If there's, you know, if if you if you've been um, caught on fire by any means, so this stop, drop, and roll came to me as a an invitation to stop, which means pause. Like right now, if we're we're wondering um, what direction to take, how to deal with a relationship, what's going on in my life. And you just said the show me, show me, show me. So with stop, drop and roll, it's just pause and then drop in, drop in, be fully embodied, drop into that higher self, that deep wisdom that we're talking about right now, really drop in like consciously drop in and then roll with it. So I loved how the stop, drop and roll came. It's like, roll with it. You're going to get the guidance that comes when you're from that place and go with it, like roll with it in, in your daily life. Continue to do this process, continue to roll with the drop, stop and roll, but tune in. So I loved how you expanded on it. Tell us a little bit more about stop, drop and roll, what it means to you. Yeah, that was very funny when you said that. That's what I just wrote. And now I can't now I'm not remembering the words, but it was I think it was something like, um, you know, stop, tune in and then follow divine guidance. That was my three things, which basically is exactly the same thing. Yeah. So um, I think the thing it's the it's the drop in part that for some people they don't or they're they it's like we don't have language around it or there's this idea that it has to be a certain way how you drop in. And I just want to, I want to kind of put everyone's mind at ease that has been told you should meditate (laughs) because meditation is wonderful. And, you know, I had a, uh, a, um, you know, very rigid meditation practice from the time I was 13 years old. And my dad, um, my dad took us to learn transcendental meditation, my brother and I. And, um, but the, but the reality is, is after a while, after years of doing that, all of a sudden one day I couldn't meditate. (laughs) Like it just, it didn't, like I wasn't led to meditate and I thought there was something wrong. And, and what I've learned and I've, I've had clients and just, you know, people have said, you know, I really, I think I should be meditating, but I can't, I can't sit still or I can't. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be formal meditation. Dropping in can mean anything. It can mean anything that has you disengaged. That's where the stop is really important. Like stop what you're doing, disengage from whatever it is that is distracting you. So it's getting free of distraction. So if you're in the middle of typing something and you got, I got to tune in, I've got a, you know, you can feel like you're just getting in your head and going around and around in circles. You just stop, disengage, walk away from the computer or walk away from the conversation or whatever it is. And then you just find a place where you can either sit or it doesn't even have to be sitting. It may be for you walking meditation, getting into a walking meditation works better. And that, um, it's really about connecting 
with your higher levels of consciousness or your inner being is another way of saying it. So that the, the place in you, that still quiet place where there's the distractions are gone and you are just left with your connection to source, whatever you want to call source. That's all it is. And it can happen. It doesn't have to be even a long involved time. You could do it for five minutes and it'll have great benefit. But that piece is, is very important to kind of find your way of doing it. Being out in nature is a great way to tune in. And, um, and then the trusting that the guidance you get is enough. Even if you get guided to go take a nap, (laughs) even though that seems like it's nothing and that it's not you know, it's, it doesn't feel active or like something that um, could could be doing anything. Uh, if that's what you're guided to do, follow it. Because maybe you take that nap, you have a dream that ends up activating some truth within you that ends up being the, the path that you take next. That's next step. So I think, you know, not judging what comes through. Or if you don't think anything's coming through, it might not be time yet. It might come through in a few days. So, I have to say I love the suggestion for a nap because of a dream. And I've never thought about it like that before because if I feel like – for me, naps are horrible. I have to sleep two or three hours and then I'm groggy all day. I never – I can't take a power nap. But the thought of just because I'm supposed to go have a yummy dream gives me this freedom now to go, yeah, I could take a nap. It's okay to take a nap. So thank you for that one. That one's fun. That one's really fun. So the trusting in it, even if it's simple, is an important piece. Okay, so um, here we are. We kind of went deep down into women and trusting our leadership. And this is the, this is really the call right now on the planet. In fact, <clears throat> I didn't think about it. But I just wrote an article that will be coming out later this month, um, wrote it a couple months ago, and it's, it's called Normalizing the Non-Ordinary. And I talk about nor- non-ordinary states of consciousness and our resilience as we're going through these evolutionary times. <clears throat> so it speaks to this very thing of really understanding and coming out of the closet. So I like the invitation for all of us, everyone listening here, to come out of the closet, to begin talking about our intuition, begin talking about our other ways of knowing, our thinking bigger. And so let's let's bring this back um, Cheryl, I, I just want to, from this place of strop, stop, drop in, and roll with it. I love that stop, drop, and roll. Um, and stop, tune in, and trust, I think was yours. <clears throat> Back to this place now that we, it's, it's imperative that we hold the vision of the whole here. That we become instruments for the wholeness for our wholeness before our collective wholeness so that we don't become a part of the division It's so easy to get pulled in with right and wrong good and bad blaming and projecting and there's a lot of that on the planet and it's a part of what's dismantling now but we have about maybe three to four minutes left here and i'm wondering if you have some wisdom to share about how can we really hold 
that larger perspective without getting pulled in and yet come in with laser beam focus on what's ours to do? I think one one of the important things is not to be too quick to dismiss our emotional reactions. And it actually is even surprising me that, <laughs> that this came out of my mouth from what you said. But I think that, you know, especially um, those of us who've gone through a period like, like I definitely was kind of Pollyanna-ish about the world and just, oh, let's just, you know, think positive thoughts and love and light and all of that. And, and I don't, see that there's anything inherently wrong with that it's like if we, you know what you focus on flourishes for sure so if we focus on you know the world world is falling apart and it's doomsday doomsday then you know we're not really being effective but in that same vein it's really important that we feel that we have a place to kind of just feel however we feel and it's okay. Like if you have a day where you wake up and you're really angry, you know, about what's happening in your personal life or your, you know, your, or your politics or whatever it is, like let yourself feel it because underneath the anger is where the solutions are. It's not with the anger usually, but, um, it's it's like but you have to let yourself feel that and and let that be okay and let that be okay for others it's like you know when when my kids were little and they would you know have uh, strong emotional reactions to things acknowledging it really was a big part of helping them to feel empowered and um you know, safe, that they could be mad. I said, I, I hear that you're having a really hard time here. You know, I would say that to them and it would, yeah, I am. And then they'd cry and then they'd get over it and they'd get through it. So um, I think that that's an important piece that we acknowledge those feelings, but, but not dwell there. It's like, okay, so now how can I take that grief or sadness or anger and move into a deeper uh, a deeper truth for myself and what I can, what I can actually do with those emotions. Mm. Great advice. I couldn't agree more. I think, thank you. Brilliant to really recognize and acknowledge where we're at. Trust these emotions, listen to them, find safe Harbor. Women need safe, sacred space. And um, if you're not finding it, reach out to Cheryl or I, we can help direct you into finding those safe, sacred spaces for you to be who you are. And yes, move through those emotions, um, anger, grief, even rage, so that we can be moving into this creative force for good on the planet. Thank you again, Sherilyn, for an enlightening conversation. I appreciate you being here so much. It was wonderful to be on your show again, Julie. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to leave um, you, friends and listeners, with a quote from Jean Houston. In our time, we have come to the stage where the real work of humanity begins. It is the time where we partner creation in the creation of ourselves, in the restoration of the biosphere, the regenesis of society, and in the assuming of a new type of culture, the culture of kindness. 
Herein, we live daily life, reconnected and recharged by the source, so as to become liberated and engaged in the world and in our tasks. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. And remember, together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.